Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. And it's a show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And what an interesting couple of days this has been for all of us. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you were on anywhere on the planet yesterday and found yourselves actually uh, <laughs> watching the political debates last night, the presidential debates, that was unreal surreal was the word to describe that that was just so crazy but it's Friday and I want to talk about a subject that I think you'll find appealing so I invited a special guest her name is McLean Desravines and she's a filmmaker based in Atlanta who is going to tell us about her film Smoke so hang on just a minute while I get her on the phone hey girl I hope you can hear me hey Good. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. So I I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm a fan girl or anything like that, but I came across your, your film, Smoke, and I had to reach out to you because I was just like, what made you decide to do the film? So I thought I'd invite you on to come and tell us your story about what drove you to be interested in that subject and the reasons, you know, what was your point? Uh, what was your perspective on portraying it? So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in film? And uh, you're a professor as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm a Wow, you sound like an amazing person. You are an amazing person. <laughs> but what made you choose this film? What made you choose uh, the subject? Well, I will say a few things. My oldest sister, Berkeley, tagged me on a post on Facebook. And then it was about this guy that recently went to prison for murdering children. And I'm like, reading on this article, I'm like, this is Back and forth about her decisions 
no one considered this kind of force. And I said, no one considered the case because I'm still stuck on how to get out of jail in the first place. Right. Like, that's where I'm stuck. Right. And I'm like, so worried about why he married him? Uh huh. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I watched the film and I had the same reaction that you did, uh, because the story happened here in the Detroit area. I think it was about three or four years ago, and when 2016, 2017, 2017, I think. 2016, when he murdered the children, he went to prison in March 2017. Wow. And see, when it first happened here, it it ran like at first we were incredulous. Nobody here believed such a thing could have happened. But the surrounding story, the backstory was how did he get out of jail? Uh, and so on. So when I watched the film too, I was, <laughs> I was just as struck. Uh, you pulled me in. That was masterful. You pulled me into the story. Uh, the woman who plays the prosecutor, she is badass. I mean, she literally took it. it I, I couldn't. I don't believe. I couldn't believe that she's not a prosecutor in real life. She was really good. Tell her I said so. Right. Well, I tell you what, that really communicated and we got drawn into uh, how the family of the wife, how they felt and so on. But let me ask you this. Did you did you interview them prior to making the film or after the film? I'll be honest with you, um, because I knew how fresh it was, mm-hmm. I didn't dare the family because he just went to prison. We shot the film almost up to the year before the children were murdered. So he went to prison, this is March 2017, yeah, after he went to prison March 2017, he just shot the film back from So it was very fresh. And I didn't think it was, you know, right to try to reach out to them that at that point. So, um, you know, it's kind of been advised to just, you know, let them grieve and, you know, kind of move forward with the film. Because the message of the film wasn't necessarily look at the couple, mm-hmm. it was look at how women are not protected. Wow. So if uh, there are a couple of questions that as, as you speak, uh, I want to touch on. And one of them is that I myself, when the story first happened, I thought it was too fresh to reach out to them. At the time I was on syndicated radio here in Detroit. So I kind of left it alone. Uh, the second thing that happened was I got drawn into this on Facebook because like everybody else, I was reading, scrolling through my Facebook timeline. I finally found time to read it all. And somebody had tagged her family member in, uh, in a story. And that's when I discovered that your film was actually on Amazon Prime. So I did reach out to one of them to and ask them to 
if they wanted to participate, not with you on, but at a different time and they haven't answered. And I get that. I totally get that. But the story, though, is still, I think it's been three years. Uh, people grieve at different levels and so on. I'm pretty sure they're still grieving because it's still a loss. But you touched on a point there that I think needs exploring and it's who protects the black woman how do you feel about that as a professor and as a as a woman yourself walking around in the skin that we were born in who protects us well I myself have been in a relationship when I looked out to police for help they did not help me so I understand Wow, that is, you know, that is such a powerful and profound statement coming from the filmmaker herself on, on, on what she saw and the perspectives that she drew from the story. And I think we need to promote this film as much as possible because the message in it is inherent and applicable today. Who protects the black woman? Just this morning, my daughter and I were having a conversation and she said the same thing. She said, who protects the black woman? She said, Malcolm X, over almost 60 years ago, said the black woman is the most unprotected and undervalued member of the American society. That was 60 years ago and nothing has changed. You're absolutely correct. I thought the same thing. How did he get out of jail? How were the parole board so convinced 
that this little pastor with no name, with no, uh, and I'm not disrespecting him, not at all, but he wasn't a big name pastor. He wasn't influential. How did he convince the parole board that this man had been rehabilitated? And just like you, I said, then what, what, what happens when people go to prison? Is prison just a labor camp? Is prison just somewhere where people are gathered up and disposed of and they're not truly uh, rehabilitated? They're not exposed to psychotherapy mechanisms and uh, modalities that enable them to be significantly rehabilitated? Because it's clear. Don't you think, McLean, that it was clear that there was something wrong with the way he thought? He killed them and called the police just like he did the first time. Oh my God, I didn't know that. It was a lot. The other angle to the movie, too, that I think for the black community carries uh, well, uh, great breath is the fact that his mom put up her house for for sale so that she could pay his uh, legal expenses, knowing that he was guilty. That, to me, was a very poignant uh, point that you wanted the viewer to think about. How do we as mothers contribute to the psychosis of our sons. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. 
many times you hear about mass shooters, their mothers are interviewed and they say, well, he's always different and, you know, but he's a good boy. And it's just like, yeah, anyone can be a good boy, but <laughs> your child has issues. Why mm-hmm. was the time Lord have mercy. And I think, yeah, I know. It's like, and I get it. My mom used to say, when we would watch someone, when I would watch someone with her, and then the person who committed murder, she said, a mother's always going to send your child, and it's not what they do. And I, and I sort of understand that, but I put that in the movie specifically because in the actual world, read, like, he had someone on his side who's not alone in this, he's aware that a boy does, he's aware of the crime being committed, but he's still loved. Yeah, and that might have been a contributing factor to why he killed his own children. It was something that when I ended the movie, I'm not going to kid you, I watched that movie on Wednesday when I was curled up in bed. And I kid you not, I found myself, McLean, believe it or not, I'm a survivor of abuse myself. And I kid you not, I was curled up in bed, not stretched out like my usual self. You know what I mean? And what I was doing was internalizing the pain that faith that 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 the wife was 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 viewing because I remember how it felt uh, how when I was abused. But that is something that I think we need to explore and we need to accept that when our family members do horrible things and it's something it's a running theme I've been talking about for years, how the family around an abuser uh contributes to his abuse you don't tell the other woman you don't tell the new girl you don't tell the girlfriend the new girl who's gonna you make it sound as if he's not a bad person there's nothing really wrong with him it's the society it's the way he grew up his father left him uh he didn't get a chance all sorts of reasons and i feel like the the way you put it forward kind of drew me in a little bit because you made me start thinking something I hadn't thought of before, even though I live here in the Detroit area with the story, was where did this guy come from? What was his background like? The film brought that out to me and made me want to think about it. And I am so glad that you did. I want to champion you because this this is a story that I think the Black community is going to be uncomfortable with. We don't like confronting our, our demons. Uh, we won't talk about Ice Cube uh, selling us out, but we are we're not comfortable <laughs> in confronting that there are parts of ourselves that are that that need to be rehabilitated is a nice word to put it. You see what I mean? And I think I, I I'm gonna support you, and I'm gonna stand behind you when you put this out there. I want you to put this on on your Facebook page and tag everybody and his mama. And I want you to promote this film and I am backing you. You know why? Because we need to address this. We can't just, there's too much of it going on where men, whether they go to prison or not, they come back out and they beat up their women and they they kill them. Here in the Detroit area for the last two years, it's almost been like a a spree of, of men killing their women. 
right? And no, but when you talk about it in, in social media and you talk about it in social settings, black men want to jump all over us. They, they, you know, they want to jump over all over you and say you're a man hater. No, I love men. No, I'm not a man hater, but this is a problem. And I'm backing you and not just because you're a black woman, but because this is a story that we need to address. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. Absolutely. I believe I, I support that 100% because this man was crying out for help. He's sitting on the steps calling the police. That is as clear a cry for help as anything else. It's like, oh my God, does anybody see that I'm a violent man? I killed my own children. I began to do some research, but I stopped. I began looking into what is the psychiatric term and what is the psychological uh, background of someone who kills their young. I, I, and I got, you know, I got scared. I didn't want to go there because it's something that makes me very uncomfortable. Because when I read the first story about how he killed the, the girlfriend, he stabbed her multiple times in her belly. So much so that when the when the paramedics showed up, it would, her, her pregnant stomach was unrecognizable. You see what I mean? Uh, when she was, when she went to the, uh, what do you call that? When she went to the morgue? Uh, the people at the morgue had significant issues in in, uh, recognizing the the pregnancy. So uh, that to me is someone who is displaying some sort of anger. Uh, You know, you kill your young, and then he killed the other two children who were toddlers. They were so adorable. Uh, That story touched me. And it's it's one of those things. People don't realize, uh, and your, your film brought that out, people don't realize how traumatized the black community is when these stories are exposed. Here's what happened. When, uh, when the, the story first broke in 2016, you wouldn't believe it. My assistant, who was an intern, she had just graduated high school. So she was at that in-between stage to college. She had taken a gap year. And uh, you would not believe. Are you, gonna, are you ready for this? Do you know she went to school with the son? They went to the same high school, graduated the same year. 
I can't begin to tell you when the story first broke, she came to me. I had to hold her hands. And I said, you have to go through the grieving process. The high school had set up counseling for the students and so on. So they all went back. Those who had graduated that year with him, they went back and they asked go and get some counseling. And then I had to counsel her. I'm I'm a preacher. I'm a minister. So I had to provide her with spiritual counseling. And she was at that stage. I mean, it was... And then she went to, she said, I can't do the funeral. I said, it's closure. You must try to go, you know, try and see if you can deal with this. And I kid you not, it affected her. It affected her in a real way. She said, this was someone I went to high school with. We all knew each other. We all hung out. We all had these fantastic goals about what we're going to do. We are all, and she said, the funny thing is he used to talk about the man. He used to talk about his stepfather and how abusive he was to his mother. And I can't, do you see what I'm saying? So for me, the story was personal you know it touched my life in a way you know how they say stuff happens and within a circle of six it's possible that you know someone who has been affected well that's what happened and the story i'm talking about it because we don't see the trauma that uh, emanates from these kinds of activities and when these incidents happen in our community i think we need to be awakened to the fact that when one when a black man hurts his children or hurts his woman, whether it's his mother and so on. You're not going to believe this, but a few uh, months ago, early on in the pandemic, another black man killed his mother and his sister. He had been released from jail. He had an arsenal of weapons where they live. It's clear that he had issues. And just like you're saying, they went to jail and they're not getting the help that they need. We need to talk about these stories. I don't know how to get you on CNN. But we need to get you out there. I think we need to get you to the point where you talk about this because obviously the story uh, is something. I wish I could see the uncut parts of the film <laughs> that you kept out. I reached out to somebody at the Detroit Trinity Film Festival. But I think what we want to do is when things calm down and we can go back to the theaters and so on, I think we need to bring this film yeah. to Detroit. I submitted to and they said no and the main reason one of them specifically said that I think the film didn't fit in with their um display the that they had and basically I think they just met they just couldn't screen they, they were nervous about screening it because of the type of film that it was and I recognize this is that film I tried to make sure it was like there's something no blood in there mm-hmm. you know you know I think it's a cut um but I understand the concept is pretty That's not what I'm thinking, though. I'm thinking just renting a theater and showing the darn film. I think that's what 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 probably is going to work when things are back to normal next spring, after the spring, into the summer, or next fall or something. I think that's that's something to plan for. Uh, Sometimes that's what you have to do. You're not going to believe this, but are you ready for this? We have a caller. Let's see if he wants to say something. Are you ready? All right, let's see what this person has to say. Morning. Hey there, this is Harriet. Uh, I have McLean on the phone and she's our guest this morning talking about this film, Smoke. What do you have to say? I know you got something to say. Smoke, what is Smoke? You said it's a film about a Detroit area oh, man. Damn. Yeah, who killed his children and tortured his wife. So she, she watched him killing the children. 
Well, that's a film which is tantamount to reality. It was reality. It happened. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Yes. It happened. It happened in Jennings, Jennings, last week. It happened in Arkansas. You had two black males um, went into this black female's home looking for money and drugs. No, she said she didn't have any. They brought her two four-year-old sized boys out and decapitated them right in front of her. Well, you know the thing, you know, I associate that to human beings. Human beings have done that since human beings appeared on the planet. But let's talk about the political thing. Blacks do not speak out against that mm. like they do if a white person does it. Mm-hmm. That mm. is what irks me. Mm-hmm. You have black males that kill white police officers, stand over them and pump bullets them. You don't see the reaction like you do when a white person does something to a black. Look at all the shooters in Chicago. Almost 2,500 in the last 140 days with 380 murders. So that's what bothers me. We know that human beings are human beings all throughout the history of human beings. But in today's time, especially here in the United States, where you see this uh, this bad white person, bad white cop. By the way, in Chicago, there's been no white police shooting during those 2,500 shootings of blacks by blacks. Then they come up with excuses and say, well, blacks shoot blacks, whites shoot whites. Crime is committed by people in the group. Well, that may be so, but nowhere near the proportions that you see in this one group. And it's not all blacks, because you have elements that prey on blacks that's innocent, that's trying to go about doing their daily business, but they blend in. So like a disguised parasite in your body. So so uh so can I ask you something? So what do you think about this particular story? This film is a real it's not I hate to say reality, but it it's real. It's about a black man who went to jail for killing his pregnant girlfriend. She was eight months pregnant when he killed her in 1991. Mm -hmm. And they later, uh, a a pastor actually, advocated for his release from jail. And the pastor's daughter ended up marrying this man. She had two prior children and she had two children with this guy. And then he killed all four of her children. That's it's it's not a it sounds like a reality show, but it actually did happen right here in the Detroit area. So um, McLean is based in Atlanta. She sees a story trending, and she makes a film about it. I want you to watch the film. It's on Amazon I Prime. She's done a good job. She did a it, it's. She's she done a good job. Yes, yes she did a she good job. Right. So I want you to watch yeah, the film. Yeah, and reach out to her on Facebook. Catch up on it because it explores what we're talking about is how prison is failing the black the black community. It just sounds like they just gather people and put them in a labor camp to go do hard labor, but they're not being rehabilitated. And whatever illness, whatever mental illness or psychosis caused them to go into jail the first place, they come back out unrehabilitated 
and are sprung yeah. on unsuspecting members of the well, community. Jesus. Huh. Wow. an interesting point. So we're, ta- we're, 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 this is a good conversation. Thank you so much for calling in. I don't want to take up any more of the conversation. Yeah. And check out the film smoke. Yes. Check out the film. Tell everybody about it. Thanks so much. Uh, McLean, I don't want to keep your time. You're valuable. You're a professor and your time is valuable. And, uh, I, I am so, I think I want to watch the film again. I was a little Wednesday night. I wanted to watch it with my family and they said, uh, we're going to opt out of this one. This one is too triggering and traumatic. <laughs> so, but and my daughter is an attorney and I'm trying to get her to see from that perspective. Right. And she was like, uh, wait, mom, maybe on the weekend. But I think we want to organize. I, th- I think we need to do this. Maybe uh, later on in the year when it gets cold and everybody's at home, we do a watch party. Right. Uh, that would be good organize something like that right let's let's try to do that and uh maybe And then with facing possible world. His original charge in the case was 
first degree murder. Now this knows that there's going to realize it's in the film. It doesn't even take place. It's fictionalized. Right. So I, you know, we're trying to accept that this changed a lot of things. But mm-hmm. I do think that the next time, the first time in the city prison is stay there, again, I go back to Lisa Peterson, they didn't have to take through him in prison yep. and he's going to stay there for his life. Right. And let him go do the same thing. Yeah. Jesus. You, you, it's triggering. It's very triggering. It, it, it awakens a lot of the conversations we're having in criminal justice reform right now. And of how our society views and values women of color, particularly black women. And it's up to us. It's going to be us who changes the narrative and who change the narrative surrounding our existence. It's going to be us because no one is looking out for us. The black men who exist today, they're not speaking up on our behalf. They're not coming forward. Uh, I am going to, you have a Twitter feed. I do really care about this. Like, I'm not saying that black men don't want because I do believe there are many black men that do protect us. Mm. Just because instances don't see that. And I do believe that the law is supposed to protect us. That mm-hmm. I wouldn't really care about it. Okay. I Each other. It's just not all the time, and the ones that don't need to get help. We, they need to get, yeah, absolutely. We need to, we need to get the story out there because this is, it's going to, just like it has ignited this conversation between us, it is going to ignite other conversations as well. And I, I suspect people come from different places and have different ideas on on how uh, black women ought to be treated. And how much more needs to be done. There's a lot of conversation in there. There's a lot. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to continue. I'm going to watch it again. Try to watch it again this week. And I'll let you know. Uh, Maybe Friday night. When I have some uh, brownies or something. (laughs) Tonight maybe. (laughs) Because. But it is. The story is mind blowing. And the way in which you present it. The, the way you presented the family, Faith's family, and the way you treated them with kids' gloves and with compassion in presenting, even with Gregory himself, you didn't present him as a monster. You He looked like a man who needed help and was giving out a silent cry for help, despite the horrific that's things that's, he did. That's my goal. Yeah. Real monsters don't exist, but flawed humans are everywhere. I like that. I like that. Real monsters don't exist, but flawed humans are everywhere. I'm even writing that one down. I think that's your tagline right there. (laughs) Right? Faith, I just want to, you know, and when we talk about even for Faith, too, I believe, I hope she has moved on with her life and she is coping well and she's getting any help if she thinks she needs help. I, I, I trust that her support system is still intact and around her because she needs a lot of help yeah. going forward. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I agree. Thanks so much, I McLean. Huh? I'm sorry? I, I, I offer all the friends support because um, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it totally. I'm a survivor myself, so I, for a long time there, I felt... I felt the same way that my ex-husband had gone into prison, gone into jail for beating me up, but they let him out. 
and he came back out into the community and was available to hit me again and why I, I had those issues I had those questions myself and this is what 20 years ago I kept asking those questions why does this happen over and over and now I am seeing it from a societal perspective that it's the society who doesn't value black women and who still doesn't yeah. value the black body whether that body is male or female so they view the black man himself as nothing so he's not uh, worthy of identifiable treatments it's crazy i don't want to think about it today it's friday <laughs> thanks so much absolutely we're we're gonna stay in touch and uh this was a powerful story i salute you i salute you All right, so where can we find you? You're on Facebook. Uh, give us your Twitter and Facebook name so people can go look you up. Uh, my Twitter is YoniMag, Y-O-N-I, M-A-C-K, and then um, MasterRat on Instagram, and of course, Messages with people on Facebook. You can also find my website, you know, 17 messages at www.mentally.com. <laughs> There's more information on people there, too. So thank you again, everyone. All right. Uh, thanks so much. Tag us so we know what's going on. Thanks so much. I really, really wish you well as you uncover more stories and bring to the Black community more stories like this. I salute Absolutely. you. Well, my friends, the time has come. This was such, this was such a story this morning. I suspect I need self-care after this because this is a powerful story told by a filmmaker who she got to the heart of it. The film is Smoke, and it talks about a black man who went to prison the first time for killing his girlfriend, his pregnant girlfriend, got out of jail, and then remarried, and remarried the daughter of the pastor who helped him to get out of jail. He married her, then killed their children, and her children and it makes you the film touched the, the film presented uh the, the the person the gentleman the black man involved the man involved the film presented him with grave compassion like somebody who's just crying for help and not getting the help that he needs and the story is less about the children and their relationship but more about how the justice system and how the wider society view black blacks in America, view black people when we interact with the justice system. Are they really getting the help that they need when they go to prison? Are people really emerging from prison rehabilitated? So you kind of just throw them back into the community because they're not valuable. And as the filmmaker said, as McLean said, uh, Lacey Peterson's husband is still incarcerated. He never got a chance to come back out because the society is not going to let him come back out and hurt another way. We got to change that. And it's up to us to change the narrative surrounding our existence and so on. I like what uh, she said. She said, real monsters don't exist, but flawed human beings are everywhere. So this weekend, I want you to go out and watch that film. It's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it from the comfort of your home. Uh, get your popcorn, or in my case, I'm going to have brownies. <laughs> but watch the film and start a conversation on it. it. It's quite interesting. Thanks so much, everybody. This is Harriet Kemmock with Down to Earth. Thank you for your support. Go look up McLean on Facebook, McLean 
Des Ravines is on Facebook. She's on Twitter as Yoni Mac. So look her up. Y-O-N-I-M-A-C-K, right? And go to her Instagram and look her up. The film is called Smoke. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio.